Welcome to A Pastor's Perspective. Now life is full of heartache, struggle, and pain, but the way we see it, we overcome because He overcame. We are to always pray. And everything that we do, we do it in Jesus' name. Now, a pastor is a shepherd. He's not selfish. He's friendly. He's a helper. A pastor is a teacher. Faithful. Sensible. He's much more than just a preacher. A leader. Well-respected. And this, well, this, my friends, is a pastor's perspective. clip and I seem to be frozen but I'm going to work it out while you're talking okay. I went through that clip when you see that and you hear those things what does it make you think about it, well it makes me think about that I'm really getting the word over to people and lifting them and encouraging them to believe the word of God and to understand God cannot lie if God said it, you can depend upon it because it is impossible for him to lie. And as we get into things tonight, we, we can um, talk about some of those things, but a lot of people are discouraged because things have not happened the way they think they ought to happen. Yes, sir. Or the way they thought they would happen. Or the way they prayed for them to happen. And when that happens, that makes people really, it really discourages people. Yes, sir. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Mm. And it leaves people in a state of confusion sometimes. I just don't know why God, I asked him, but God refused to do it. I don't know what I've done. I don't know what's wrong. Mm. And those kinds of things. And I think those things have to be addressed and understood. I have here in my office on my wall the first, my first license that I ever got. And it said, this is to certify that Dana Holmes is authorized to, is licensed rather to preach, publish, and defend the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I, and I, Take that seriously up to now, up till now. And that was over 50 years ago, actually, when that happened. Now, just uh, yes, sir. in the month of February, I reached February the 16th, mark 50 years exactly that I was in ministry. 50 years ago, 1973, on the 16th of February, I preached my first message. Congratulations, Apostle. Thank you. Congratulations. And, and, and from that time till now, and even before then, because when I got that license, I said, I am always going to defend the gospel. I'm defending the word. And the only way you're going to do that is because you have to kill some sacred cows. Yes, sir and tear down some things that the enemy has built up in the thoughts and minds of people 
because of a lack of understanding or knowledge of the scriptures. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You don't have to be defeated. You don't have to be discouraged. And you don't have to cry yourself to sleep at night wondering why God refused to do something that you wanted him to do. So, so I'll be glad to talk about that and anything else. Messing with because that's why I was so we'll work backwards. Then, all right. One of the questions I have for tonight, um, well, I'll share this without going into too much detail. A few probably late last year, I've got to go find it and I'll make that a clip the next time you come on where you shared the word of the Lord with me about some things I was dealing with as a pastor. And, um, I'll say this as the Lord spoke, it's come to pass and come, praise, praise God, yes, sir. So a question I have, though, there are people that maybe are disappointed because they believe God said no. Right. Have you ever experienced, now based on what you've said, I already know where you, what you're going to say, kind of, uh, but have you ever experienced where you where God has said no or you had to deal with the no of God? What, how do we teach that or go through that, deal with that? I do not believe that God ever says no. Okay. There is a popular teaching in the church world that God, sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no, and sometimes he says wait. Yes, sir. But I don't find that based on what the, what Jesus taught and what the scriptures teach in the New Testament about God answering prayer. Mm. Let me start with this. The scripture says, all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen. Yes, sir. Yay means yes. Amen means so be it. So all the promises of God in him are yes. So be it. If I pray the secret to receiving answers to your prayers all the time, every time, is praying according to the word of God. Yes, sir. Pray the promises. A lot of people just throw things out at God. They have no clue. They have nothing they're standing on. They have nothing, no, no, nothing that gives them the right to even believe for it. They just throw it out there to the Lord and, and hoping for the best. Well, if it's the Lord's will, it'll happen. There are many things that can be the Lord's will and it never happens. Wow. It doesn't happen because it's his will. The scripture says, in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Yes, sir. As some men count slackness, but is long suffering elsewhere, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And yet, Jesus told us in Matthew, I believe it's the seventh chapter, the broad way is full of people. The narrow way, there's only a few. There are more lost people than saved people. And yet it's not God's will that any perish. So if God's will happens just because it's his will, then everybody gets saved. Because he's not willing that any perish. Well, if it's not your will, God, that they don't that they, that no one perish, why are they perishing? They're perishing contrary to his will. 
Why can't God, why don't God just make everybody do it? He can't do that. And here's something else we have to understand. God does not go against your will. Yes, sir. And he's not going to try to make you do anything. He will offer you something, but he doesn't make you take it. That's right. Including salvation, healing, or any other thing. A lot of people fail to receive things even that they pray for. Because they they come in with the idea, I'm not sure I'm going to get this. Somebody somebody said to me, I asked, I said, how do you know um, that that um, that you that that it was the will of God? He said, well, if I pray and I get it, then I know that was His will. Mm. If I don't get it, it wasn't His will. Yes, sir. If it's taking a long time, then he's saying wait. And I believe that, like I believe I landed on Mars last night. Because Jesus said something different. Yes, sir. Jesus said something different. Because of that, that kind of thinking, I wrote a book called You Can Pray With Confidence. You Can Pray With Confidence. And in that book, I come against that idea that that God sometimes says yes, sometimes he says no, and sometimes he says wait. That's not based on scripture. That's based on people's experiences. And see, a lot of the things that people believe is based on their experiences and not on the word of God. Yes, sir. I think that the word of God should be the final authority. That's right. I think it should be the final authority. Despite what you experience, good, bad, or ugly, whatever the Bible says is true. Whether you experience it or not, it's true. If you didn't experience, there's some reason why you didn't experience it, like the Bible says. But I always say, if you do what the Bible says, like the Bible says, you will have what the Bible says. <laughs> yes. It is impossible for you to do what God said, like he said, do it, and then come up short. Impossible. Impossible. I've heard people say, yeah, I know. Yes. I believe. I did that. I know. I, I talk to people all the time. And I say, well, you got to believe. I was believing. Were you? Really? Then how come it didn't happen? Well, I don't know. Now the Bible said, believe that you receive and you shall have. And you say you were believing, but it didn't happen. And you can't tell me why it didn't happen. But the Bible said, for instance, uh, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four, what things do you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, what does that mean? Don't believe that you receive them and you shall not have them. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, there are some other issues with that If you, when you go because one of the things, there are people who don't receive because their prayers are hindered by things that they've done or do. For instance, I, I quoted something from Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Yes, sir. But if you go in the next verse, verse 25, he says, and when you stand praying, 
forgive if you have aught against any. That means anything against anyone. You see, if you fail to walk in forgiveness, then you're not going to receive answers. You you can pray. You can believe. You can have mountain-moving faith, but if you don't have love, you're still nothing. And love forgives. Love forgives. And if you don't forgive, that's not love. Now, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. If you're truly born again, the love of God is in you. Whether or not you choose to walk in that love or walk according to that love is on you and not God. But if you want to hold grudges and stay angry and stay upset and stay bothered about things, and then you're praying, talking about, I believe, you can believe all you want to believe. But it's not going to happen for you. So sometimes there are reasons why there's other issues. It's not just believing. And that's not God saying no. He already told you that it's not going to work. And then also in Matthew 21 and 22, it says, And all things, whatsoever you you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Not doubting, not wondering, not wishing, not saying, well, I don't know. If if it's the Lord, well, I'll get it. You're not getting it. I tell you right now, you're not getting it. Apostle, this Sunday, may have been Sunday or the previous Sunday, and I hope I quoted you correctly. If I didn't, I know you'll correct me. I was saying to, I mentioned your name, and I said one of the things I learned from you is there are a lot of people, I I hope I say it correctly, that know God can, but they don't expect that God will. Right, that's right. That's right. That that same thing is true with answered prayer about anything, healing, Need uh, financial needs, all kind of things. It's the same. They know God can. They know intellectually that God can, but they don't know in their heart that He will. Yes, sir. And that's something that got to be settled. I had a man a few years ago come to come to my church, a businessman, and he came to see me, and I sat down with him in my office, we spent a couple of hours because, and he came, he was a little upset. He started to cry because he had cancer. And he said, and he started talking about being a businessman and he talked about hiring people and how he has been a blessing to people and helped people and gave people jobs. And all of that. So I asked him, and he told me, he said, you know, I know that God can heal me. I know he can. I'm just not sure he will. And when I sat, when I sat down with him and I went through the scriptures with him, and by the time he left my office, he knew he will. Matter of fact, I prayed for that man. He had he had uh, several t- tumors cancerous tumors in his body. I laid hands on him after I taught him, got him in faith. I laid hands on him. That man went away 
And he, when he came back about a week or so later, he came back and ordered some books and material for friends and stuff like that. Yes, sir. And he came back. I know in three weeks he came back and said, the tumors have shrunk three times. How the hell? Tumors shrunk that was standing tall just a few weeks ago. And the only difference is you were not convinced that it's his will for you to be here. That's it. And if you're not convinced it's his will, how are you going to believe? I said this last night in our, in our healing school Bible study. How is it possible for you to believe you receive something you're not even sure God wants you to have? It's impossible. How are you going to believe? Because if you think God wants you to be sick for some reason, it's very difficult to believe for healing because you're going to be thinking you're going against God's will. He might want me to go through this. There's a reason, you know, there's a reason for everything. You heard people say that before. Mm -hmm. That's one of those, that's another thing that irks me because it's so ridiculous. Because what they're trying to say is there is a purpose. God's got some purpose in everything that happens. Right. That's comes from the idea that God's controlling everything that happens. Well, if that's true, then we have to blame him for things that go bad and that go wrong. God let this come on me, did he? How, why did he let, him do, let it come on you? How did he let it come on you? Why did he let it come on you? Could it be possibly that you opened the door to the enemy and gave him access into your life? The Bible says if you break a hedge, a serpent will bite you. If you give the devil an opportunity, he will come in and eat your lunch yes, and pop the bag. <laughs> yes, sir. He is an opportunist. But as long as he can deceive people and make them think God is behind it, that God did this, God allowed this, God this, God, God, God. He, what he will do is just have people upset with God. I remember as a as a young as a teenager, I was born again, but I was a, a teenager. I was trying to talk to a young lady. We all we grew up together. We lived in the same building, and um, in this apartment building, we lived in the same building from little children. And this young lady, her mother died when when she was a young child. Yes, sir. And when I started trying to talk to her about the Lord, she didn't want to hear anything about God because she believed that God took her mother or caused her to die or didn't answer them. And, and what else is a child to think, especially when they go to church and, and are taught that stuff? Instead of them being helped, they turned against God. I don't want to hear about God. Mm -hmm. That same thing happened with Ted Turner, you know. Okay. His mother died. That's what got him turning. 
that's part of his testimony, not one not believing in God and all of that. Because when he was younger, some I think his mother died. And see, people blame God because they are taught to blame God. God is controlling everything. I, I you know, um I hate. I don't mean I don't I dislike. I mean I hate. Some things I hear sometimes at funerals. And they'll, people, they call themselves comfort in the family, but they'll say something. We know that you love them, but God loved them more. Now, to me, that makes God sound like some kind of egotistical maniac. Yeah. Somebody self, you don't care about nothing, nobody think or feel just himself. You begging him, oh God, please let them live. Nah, I don't care what you say. Oh, she got little children. Yeah, I know she got little children, but I don't care. I want her in heaven. Right. That's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. There are reasons why people don't receive healing, but there's almost as many reasons as there are people. <laughs> there are reasons why people don't receive, but it's not God. It's not because God chooses not to heal. Now, let me, let me, let me blow you away with this one. Yes, sir. It is impossible for God to choose who he's going to heal. Now say that again, Pastor Holmes. I think you believe I will. I said it is impossible for God to choose who he's going to heal. Okay. Just like it is impossible for him to choose who he's going to save. If a person, the Bible says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. Is there a sinner that can come to the Lord and say, Lord God, I come to you confessing that I am a sinner mm -hmm. and I need to be saved. I cannot save myself. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. I receive him as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my life and wash away my sins. Can God say, no, I can't do it. No, 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 no. You've been a sinner too long. I've been trying to get your attention for years and years and years. And you've been ignoring me. And so now, I'm, no, you can't come now. He, not, he can't do that. If God can deny somebody salvation, he's going to have to apologize to Jesus. Because that's what he died for. <laughs> yes, sir. He's going to have to apologize to Jesus. That's not, that ain't, that's not going to happen. The same thing with healing. I was with a group of ministers, pastors and such, and we was having a discussion some years ago about healing. And of course, they they had a different view than I did. Yes, sir. I would have joined with them and had the same view as them, but then we would have all been wrong. So, so I chose not to. Yes, sir. <laughs> but listen, I asked them, all these preachers in here, I said, listen, Show me one case 
in the Bible, in the life and ministry of Jesus, where he ever told somebody, it's not God's will for you to be here. Can we find a place where Jesus ever told somebody, it's not God's will for you to be here? Can we find anybody ever coming to Jesus, asking for healing, and him saying, no, you must bear your cross. Take up your cross and follow me. What cross? Are you talking about sickness or disease? Is that what he's talking about? Absolutely not. He's not talking about sickness and disease. There's not no cross for you to bear. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. That means he was chastised so that you and I could have peace. And with his stripes, we are, not will be, one day after a while, by and by. Sometime maybe before we die. We are healed. That's Isaiah 53. He was wounded by our transgressions. Bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. Now, I can tell you a lot of cases. I could stand here, I mean, sit here all, all night telling you cases of people that didn't get healed. And in some cases, tell you why. Okay. okay. You know, I'm, this there is a side of healing that I don't that we don't teach much. Yes, sir. There's a what I call a negative side. Yes, sir. I wrote a book about it called "Sickness, Disease, and Premature Death in the Church." Why? Sickness, disease, and premature death in the church. Why? There is a reason. There is a cause. I'm. A, I'll tell you one. One negative. Thank you, Pastor, because you got me on the edge of my seat. <laughs> okay, the Lord uh, sent me to a preacher. Another another pastor. This pastor, and he he was a bishop. The Lord said to me, I want you to go to him and tell him that I said to stop using gimmicks to get money from my people. He said, and you tell him that if he doesn't stop it, he's not going to live his days out. And then he said to me, and testify to him. Tell them how I meet your need. Tell them how when you put on meetings, you always meet your budget. Yes, and that is true. We always meet the budget. Always. Always, always, always. And I don't do tricks. I don't, I don't do prophesying lines. Everybody give me a thousand dollars and I got a word for you if you man, I, that, those are games. Yes, sir. Those are games. And, and, and uh, a lot of these ministers that's in the games and gimmicks, mark my words, they will not live their days out if they don't change it. 
That's not, that. That's the body of Christ. Yes, sir. You can't just do what you want to Christ's body. But now let me tell you what the preacher looked at me and said. Now I'm at his church, sitting in his office, talking to him privately. Yes, sir. He looked at me and said, "Well, who are you? <laughs> who are you?" I said, "Well, I'm I'm nobody." I just came to tell you what the Lord told me to tell you. See, in his mind, I was not in any position to be saying something to him like that. And he's not the first one the Lord told me to say something to. But a year and five months later, he was dead. Now that man, now if you think about it, he's a pastor. Has the title of bishop. And that you can imagine, his, his family prayed for him. His church prayed for him. He was sick. All these people prayed. Other churches prayed. Other people prayed and prayed and prayed. But he didn't get healed. Was that because God said no? No, that's not because God said no. God told him, stop this or this is going to happen. Now you can't, it's too late to change it. Only way he could have changed it is stop it when he was warned. But most people, you know, of course I didn't make that public. Yes, sir. I've told that before, but nobody knows who I'm talking about. Yes, sir. So I, but, but a lot of these things you know, but you can't explain. I had the late, I had the Lord tell me years ago to speak to this woman. I was invited to a church. And the Lord said, when you get there, there was a woman I knew. And uh, I knew her because we were in the same church in New York. Yes, sir. But this church, when I went to the church, I was on my way. The Lord said to me, I want you to speak to her. I won't say her name or anything. He said, I want you to speak to her. And I want you to tell her that I said to judge herself in her diet or she'll not live her days out. That's what he said, tell her. Yes, sir. And I was so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Those are not easy things to go tell people. And um, so, I said to the Lord, I'll be honest with you, I said, now, Lord, first thing I said, well, why I gotta, why I gotta be the one to tell her? Well, why don't you have her pastor to tell her that? Mm -hmm. And he, he told me why, which I'll not get into that. Yes, sir. And I said, Lord, all right. Now, you know, I'm going to somebody else's church. I'm gonna ask the pastor for permission. Right. I said, I'm gonna ask him for permission. To speak to his member. I said, I'm gonna ask him, can I speak to her? And if he says no, I'm not doing it, Lord. Right. And I'm gonna ask him, can I use his office? If he says no, I'm not doing it. I know that sounds kind of funny saying that to the Lord, but I was serious <laughs> as her heartbeat. I got there and sat down with the pastor. And I was talking to him. I said, listen, the Lord spoke to me. 
he gave me a word for and I called the woman's name to him. He gave me a word for, for that this man knew me and and trusted my trusted me and knew I wasn't, you know, I had no ulterior motives. I said, so do I have your permission? He said, yes. I said, uh, can I use your office? He said, yes. I said to myself, you're in trouble, boy. You better go. You got to do it now. And I talked to her. I sat down with her and I told her. I said, listen, the Lord told me to tell you to um, judge yourself in your diet or you'll not live your days. And she was very, very nice young lady. Very nice, very sweet young lady. And she just, okay. And she's, all right. That was so uncomfortable for me. And I said, okay, so how you been? Yeah, I changed the subject. <laughs> how you been? Several years later, in church, she didn't do anything about what the Lord told her. Several years later, mm. in fact, I tell you exactly, it was six years. Six years later, she fell dead in church. While worshiping. Did God do that to her? No. Did God kill her? No. Did God take her away? No. What happened? The Lord, through his foreknowledge, saw what the devil was trying to do to her. And he warned her because he knew the devil was going to take her out as long as she had that door open. That's him letting her, telling her to close the door. I didn't go in all of that with her. I just gave the simple message that he told me to give her because that was uncomfortable enough. I can, I got a list I can go through of, of, of things like that. So possibly, and, and, but you, but you can't explain that. Yes, sir. You can't explain that to to people. Even when 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 sometimes something happens, you you can't tell the family that. They're not gonna understand. Even though I didn't know her family really, I mean, I knew her husband, but. But I didn't really know know anybody else. I didn't speak to the pastor. I didn't tell the pastor what the Lord told me. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Because the message was not for anybody else but her. but her. But here you have a case of somebody and then somebody that don't know. Because they don't know the back story, they think the Lord just took them out of here. Right. That's not what happened. So, Apostle, you've got, we've got quite a few people, excuse me, people on tonight. Okay. Some that might be dealing with sickness. And I thought we would get to this towards the end, but we'll just go with the Lord. Okay. Um, and if I'm, one of the things I'm gleaning consistently that I'm hearing from you is obedience to his word is the key. Absolutely. His promise. Absolutely. Absolutely. Obedience. And, and, and not only that, believing. Okay. Believing his promise. Now let me let me just go through a quick thing. Take your time, yes, sir. All right, now look, watch this. I told you Mark eleven and twenty-four. What things ever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, you shall have them. 
right? Yes, sir. Now, then we go into John's gospel. I think it's John 15. It says, if you abide in me mm -hmm. and my words abide in you, Ye shall ask what you will. Isn't that something? And it shall be done unto you. You shall ask what you will. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. And then in the 16th chapter, and and 23rd, around 23rd verse, he talks about. You know, hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask, he said, Verily, he said, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive. That's it. That your joy may be full. I think that's right. Uh, 16, 23, and 24. Then if you go over to 1 John 5, 14. Walk the word apostle. It says, and this is the confidence that we have in him. Yo, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, we know not that we're going to get. We know that we have. We have the position that we desire of him. So how do I know it's according to his will? It's according to his word. If it's according to his word, it's according to his will. If it's according to his word, it's according to his will. So, so um, I was talking to one of my daughters last night about some of that, about this, because there's a question that was asked about, you know, the will of God and, and, and people wanting to be married and how do you know it's his will and all that. And that question, I said, listen, this is how you know it's his will. It's your will. Mm. Whatsoever, is this your will? Well, did you have anything from him that says it's not his will for you to be married? Okay, then. What things however you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. It doesn't say what things however you desire if you think I want you to have it. What things ever you desire when you pray, believe, believe what? That you receive it. That word receive means take. Believe you take it right then and you shall have it. You're going to have it after you believe that you take it. You got to take it that moment when you pray. When you pray. Very often people are not they're not believing. They're not acting like it's done. The Lord taught me many years ago. He said, I'm a teacher. This happened probably 80, 80, somewhere between 80 and 81 or 82. He said, I'm going to teach you something about faith. I hadn't read this in a book. I hadn't heard anybody preach on it. What he said, he said, I'm going to teach you something about faith. Whenever you're believing me for something, you must see through the eyes of faith. I never heard that expression in my life before. You must see through the eyes of faith yourself having that thing. And then you must begin to rejoice 
in the same manner that you would rejoice if you actually had it in your hand. Remember I said a few moments ago, we, we always meet our budget. That's how we, I use that principle. When I use that principle, we only, we prayed like over the night. If we had a budget, I remember what we we went to, we had a meeting up in New York. Yes, sir. And our, our budget was several thousand dollars. I forgot the exact amount. And that first offering was about $200. $200. That wasn't even cab fare for everybody getting there that, that, that they need to get there by taxi. But I couldn't be moved by that. Yes, sir. I couldn't be moved by what that looked like. Here's what I, and how, this is how we prayed on the opening. I told the people we have a budget. We believe in God for Told the people what the budget is, and then we prayed. I said, now, Father, I thank you. Your word says, what things ever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. We desire this budget to be met. We believe that we receive it. And according to your word, we shall have it. And I said, oh, we thank you for it. Oh, God, we knew you were going to do it. We knew you were going to do it. We hadn't even taken it off yet. We knew you were going to do it because your word says so. And that's how I acted. Act like it was done. Had everybody praising God, having everybody rejoicing, praising God. Like we like, like somebody just dumped all the money on the table or something. By that, that we start on a Tuesday, that Friday night, our budget was met. My God. It was met. With the first offering being a little over two hundred dollars, I forgot how much it was. It's like several thousand, maybe about five or five thousand or six thousand, something like that. Thank you, Jesus. And the first thing was two, two hundred. If you're moved by what you see, you're going under. That's what happened to Peter. He was doing fine. He was walking on the water, but when he saw the wind boisterous you can't see the wind you can see the effects of the wind and that's why people fail to receive they were doing all right until they start seeing the effects of the negative they were doing all right with healing they were doing all right until they went to the doctor and he said well you still have this yeah i see it here it is let me show it to you i've had people call up our office and ask me or call and want me to pray. They got to go have a test. They want me to pray for that. And I've had people come under, come to me and say, and they say, well, you know, um, I want you to pray. Pray for me. I said, what you want? I got to go to a doctor. They're going to run some tests. I want you to pray that it come up negative. I said, that's not the thing to pray. What if I prayed for it to come up negative and it wind up being a false negative? We're not believing based on the test. We're believing based on the word. What does the word say? Now, now I quoted to you in, from Isaiah. Yes, sir. You know, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. 
And Matthew picked up, Matthew picked it up, Matthew 8, 17, said that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and our sicknesses. And then in 1 Peter 2, 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live on the righteousness by whose stripes ye were past tense here. If we were, then I am. And I am, despite how it looks, I am, despite how I feel, I am because he said I am. And when you believe that, that's when you're going to have it. That is when you're going to have it. When you believe that. What I wanted to ask you, and you're going all through my list. I love it. Every time okay. we get on, I love it. I praise God. For, and for those of you, I see more people that are coming in. God bless you. Thank you for being here. I would like to advise you to share, if you haven't shared yet, to hear the wisdom that this man of God is pouring out tonight. But I wanted to jump back in because you're talking about faith. Right. You're talking about faith. Is a measure of faith required to receive the promises of God? And if so, Apostle, how do I know my measure? Oh, that's a good question. Let me say, let me, let me say like this. When you ask us at a measure, there's no amount mm. of faith. Okay. In other words, a lot of faith versus a little faith. You can have faith the size of a mustard seed and move a mountain with it. Mm, that's good. It's not the size of your faith. It's the quality of it. Now, what do I mean by the quality of it? Yes, sir. Remember the man who had brought his son to Jesus, but well, Jesus was on the mountain. His son would have these seizures yes, sir. and all of that. And uh, when Jesus came down off the mountain, he asked the man what was going on. And he, he said, I brought my son to your disciples. And, you know, he has this thing and it throws him in the fire, in the water. To destroy him. And that's Mark in Mark 9. He said, But if thou can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus turned it around on it. It's not a matter if thou can. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. Yes, and what did the man say? Lord, I believe. But watch this. Help thou mine unbelief. You can have faith. And have some unbelief as well. The purity of your faith means the less unbelief you have, the purer your faith is. Wow. It doesn't have to be a lot of faith. It just has to be pure faith. It's to the degree that you believe. That's the degree to which you will have. So when you have, there's a degree. Well, yes, in a measure, in a measure, in a way of, in a manner of speaking, I do have to have faith. To what degree are you convinced? Now, for instance, I, I used this one time in my church. I said, how many of y'all can believe God for, I used money. I said, how many of you can believe God for $10 more next week? Than you have. 
this week. Ten dollars. Hands went up. I said, "All right. How many of y'all believe you can believe God for twenty dollars more?" See, and I know people are gonna be going to think about what they make and how much the check is and all that. But I'm talking about beyond your paycheck. I want you to be able to believe beyond what you know you're getting. That's right. Can you believe ten for ten dollars more? $20, I kept going up. And wherever it stopped, that's your level. That's your level right there. Wow. wow. How much can you believe for? <laughs> How much can you believe for? I use money, but we, we can use that in any, in any way. Because faith works the same no matter what you believe in for. It can be physical, material, it could be financial. It can even it can be spiritual. What are what are you believing? A lot of people believe, or say they believe, but they're worried. If you're worried about it, you're not in faith about it. I don't care how much you say you're in faith. You cannot be in faith and worried. That's good. If you say I believe in God. People say that all the time, I believe in God. Some of them are not believing God. They think they are, but they're not. I'm believing God to get, get this money paid, to get this rent paid. I'm just believing God. I'm believing God. And they call everybody and their uncle trying to get the money. And if all those people say, well, I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have it. They're walking the floor, pulling their hair out, trying to figure out how I'm going to have it. How am I going to get it? I used to tell, I told people, and I taught this in my church, I said, some of you folk have, your faith is in time. Mm -hmm. For instance, I say, okay, we're going to take a trip. We're going to take a trip to uh, Africa. Or we're going to take a trip to some other country or what have you. How do y'all want to go? Everyone's got a hand go up all over. And you start telling them, you know, what, what the cost is and all that. As we see people, when, when we going? Well, it's not, not next year, but the year after. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Then as you get closer and closer, the yeah, 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 I can do that. Start fading. <laughs> because they didn't really have faith in God's ability to give, to provide for them. They were thinking based on their intellect. By that time, I shouldn't have it. That's taking a chance. That doesn't work. You got to believe that you receive. Here's another thing. People try to believe beyond their ability. Okay. Now listen to this. You cannot have faith beyond knowledge. You can't have faith beyond knowledge. Now you may desire something. And while I'm on that, let me say this. Yes, sir. Asking God to increase your faith is a Exercise in futility. Okay. Oh, Lord, give me more faith. Faith comes by hearing the word. If you have a faith deficit, that's because you got a word deficit. Get in that word. That's, that's how you're going to get it. Get in. What does the word say about this? You don't have to ask everybody and their mother what they think about something. What does the word of God say about it? What does the word of God say about my healing? What does the word of God say about Answering my prayer, 
Reverend so-and-so said, sometimes God says yes, sometimes says no, and sometimes says wait. Reverend, show me where that is in the Bible. <laughs> show, show me where that is. I can't show. Well, now, remember this one in James 5 and 14. Is any sick among you? Is any. Now, they, if, if James writing today, he said, the many of you that are sick. But he asked, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, right? And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. That word save means heal. Yes, sir. And the Lord shall raise him up. It didn't say might. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. When you, and the Lord shall raise them up. Not might raise them up later on if it's his will. I heard somebody bless the Lord, bless their darling heart. Somebody had died and they were, it was at a funeral, and they said, "You know, they didn't. They got their healing now. They went to they they, they went to heaven, but they they're healed now." Mm. What what does that mean? They got healed in the oh Lord. So they took their sickness to heaven and got healed. Wow, that's just so ridiculous. People say all kind of nonsense because they don't know the Bible. And you want to know what's wrong with us, especially the church. Church folk, Christians, are some of the laziest people on planet Earth. People have false religions. They're in false religions. And they'll give their life for them. And we can hardly find five people in the church that know three scriptures. When it comes to... When it, when it's time to come, when you want to preach, when it's time for you to preach the word and give some information, it's your job as a pastor to feed. Yes, you get up to feed, they got to go to the bathroom. Some of them don't even get there until after you're in the middle of your message. Some get there later than that. Some don't even come because they have no interest. They don't, have, they don't delight in the word. And this is why. But as soon as they get in trouble, they're begging and pleading and snotting and blowing bubbles, trying to get God to get them out of this mess. But they don't want to hear anything about what he had to say. Man, I ain't got to go to church all the time. I mean, you want me to go every Sunday? <laughs> well, don't the doors open every Sunday? Where people want you to come every Sunday? Don't I have to be here every Sunday? Well, who are you? <laughs> Talk about it. <laughs> so, so, so. Don't we open the doors every Sunday? But people are lazy and they're not committed. They're not committed to Christ and they're not committed to the church. They, and I will tell you right now, yes, when you see a person that's really not committed to church, they're not really committed to God. I don't care what they say. It's as natural for believers to go to church as it is for sinners to go to, to the club. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But 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 we don't know anything. The, a, a Jehovah's Witness come or Muslim come to the, come by and just walk circles around you with all kind of stuff. Have all kind of um, seven day Adventists come have, walk circles around people because they don't know the Bible. They don't know 
Now they know all the garbage on TV. They know all the garbage on, on um, social media, but they don't know their Bibles. They don't know what the Bible says about God answering prayer. They don't know what God's word says about healing. They don't know what God's word says about him. They don't know him at all. Help us, Lord. They just know, if I die, I'm going to heaven because, you know, I'm saved. Oh, glory to God. We know we like that. We like to shout. We like to dance. Oh, yeah. We like to run around. We like to fall out. But how about studying the word? Why I got to do all of that? I got I got things to do. I got kids. They own all this, and I got to do this with them. And I, I just don't have time. I don't have time. But then you think uh, God is some kind of cosmic microwave, mm. and you're going to throw in your request and expect after a few minutes, you got everything you need. Right. You No wonder you don't have faith. You don't even know what his word says about it. That's right. And when we say faith, let me tell you what I mean. Yes, sir. I mean absolute, total confidence in God about that thing. Now, I've prayed with people, and they say, oh, I want you to pray. I say, all right, let's pray. Oh, oh, Pastor, I want you to pray. I say, right, we're going to pray together. We're going to touch and agree. And I was telling the church recently, that don't mean touching each other necessarily. That means touching the matter. Okay. okay. Sometimes I'll do this. I'll say, okay, you pray, and I'll agree with you. Because the Bible says, if any of you touch, shall agree on earth as touching anything they shall ask, it shall, not might, be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. And so I said, yeah, all right, you pray and I'll agree. Well, I'll pray and you agree. And then after we get through praying, I say, uh, all right, you got it? This is yours? Well, by faith it is. Oh, that's, that's it. They ain't got it. They ain't got it. Not only do they not have it, they ain't gonna get it. Help us, help us. Well, by, by faith, why you got to throw in by faith of this? Believe that you receive and you shall have. The shall you shall have don't come till after you believe you receive it. You got to believe you got it before you see it. Before you you got to believe you got it before it come into contact with any of your physical senses. Help if you me. ask God for it, believe you receive it. Start rejoicing, thanking him for it. Thank you, Jesus. Thanking him for it. I feel like, you know, I'd be saying, and I've, I've had this attitude for some time. You know, the Bible teaches us that we've been bought with a price and we're not our own. I told the Lord one time, I mean, we needed, <clears throat> excuse me. Yes, sir. We needed um, money. It'd be nice to have as much money as people think I have. <laughs> That'd be wonderful. But, um, you know, all churches go through with it. They really need money for this and that. But we were, we were behind several years ago. We were behind on something. I said, Lord, it doesn't make any sense for me to be worrying about something that don't even belong to me. I, I refuse to worry about this. 
This is the Lord's church. If he can't keep it open, then I guess he wanted to close. Yes, sir. This is the Lord's work. Help it's me. not my work. I said, Lord, I I've been bought. I don't even own myself. I was bought with a price. With the price. So if if, if there's a need, I say, Lord, we got we got a need. I mean, me and him. We 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 got a need, Lord. We got a problem, but mostly you, because I can't do anything about it. I, I can't do anything about it. We got a problem, but it's your problem. If I got a problem, you got a problem. If I have a need, then you have a need. And between the two of us, only one of us can meet it. That's you. And I just want to thank you for it. And especially when you know. Let me tell you, I told, I told a one of my sons in the, in the faith, when he first started out many years ago, when he first started, I said, let me tell you the secret to standing any storm that ever come into your life. Here's the secret to standing any storm that ever come in your life. I don't care what kind of storm it is. Here's the secret. Knowing that you're in the will of God. Some people, when they go through something, they start questioning whether or not they're in the will of God because they're going through something. In that case, Paul was really out of the will of God, all the stuff he went through. In jail all the time, getting beaten, being thrown before people, and trying to rip his clothes off and stoning him and leaving him for dead and all that. In the will of God, getting beaten and thrown in prison. Being beaten with with uh, rods, and you know what that is when they when when they were beat with rods, what they would do, they would take these rods and beat them on the bottom of their feet and break bones in their feet. He was he was beaten with rods. He was shipwrecked. He had all kinds of problems yes. in the will of God. He was in the will of God. Now, when Paul and Silas was in jail, after, you know, when, when they went to jail in the 16th chapter of Acts, Silas didn't say, now, see that, Paul? We were doing all right, but you had a vision of somebody in Macedonia talking about, come on over here and help us. That's how we got here. Then you went and cast the devil out of this girl. And we in jail. Our backs are bleeding. They didn't do all that. They prayed and sang praises. Yes, sir. They didn't complain. They didn't bellyate. If you if you read your Bible, you'll see that God hates complaints. Mm -hmm. You will see it. When the Israelites complained, that's when problems came. Yes, sir. Don't be complaining and blaming God. Oh, God, I don't know why you let this happen. I don't know why you let Man, stop it. Stop it. Stop it now. How about changing that around and saying, you know, Lord, this thing is coming against me. I want to thank you for loving me. Yes, I know that you didn't do this. I know you didn't cause this to happen to me. I know it's not your will for me to be in this condition. This is the enemy working against me. So I just want to love you and thank you and praise you for your goodness and your mercy and your loving kindness and the multitude of your tender mercies. So I'm just going to praise you. I'm going to praise you. I'm not going to lay here complaining 
I'm going to praise you. I'm not going to be saying, oh God, why? Why me? Why it happened to me? I'm going to praise you and spend time praising God. Because the enemy hates praise. Glory. And he hates praise. It steals the enemy. It quiets him down. It paralyzes his work. Just praise God. Give God praise. Yes, Give sir. God praise. Give him glory. Don't be focusing on what you're dealing with. Don't focus on what you're going through. Focus on him. He's bigger than you. You remember what the Bible said? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. How can you make God any bigger? To, to magnify him is to enlarge, right? How can you make God any bigger? You can magnify him in you. Yes, sir. Give him praise. See who he is. The devil is alive. At any time, thoughts are coming to your mind, accusing God of doing you wrong, not answering you a prayer, uh, ignoring you. He's upset with you. He's mad. He's bothered. No. Or when all those things are coming, you rebuke that mess and just say, go from me, devil, because you're a liar. God is a good God, a loving God. It is, a, it is the Lord's, it's the Lord's mercies that we are con not consumed. It's not the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. His compassion fail not. They're new every morning. Let me tell you, devil, just in case you don't know. Yes, sir. The mercy I got this morning is different from what I had yesterday. Talk, apostle. What I'm going to have tomorrow is different from every than, than I have today. Yes, sir. Every day, new mercies I see. He's trying to make God look a certain way, trying to get us to be upset with God. Mad with God for letting this happen. God, I don't understand. This was my brother. This was my sister. This was my mother. This was my child. God didn't do that to them. God didn't do that to them. God didn't do it. Sometimes people out disobedience, not obeying God's word, mm -hmm. living like the devil, carrying on. Saying we're saved, but living like the devil. And all that kind of stuff. That's what opens doors. Let me, let me tell you this one thing because it's coming to me. Yes, sir. I, I received a phone call one time several years ago. And uh, this individual asked me to pray for somebody who was dear to them. It was a child, actually. They wanted me to pray for this child. And the child was a child of a friend of, their, uh, of theirs. Yes, sir. And um, when they asked me to pray, it was for the, you know, the child, this husband and wife. And I stopped immediately. The Lord asked me, said to ask them, how do they get along? That mother and father, how do, how do they get along? Are they fussing and fighting each other? And, see, because with their strife and all those kind of stuff, every evil work is. 
the the sometimes these children get sick because of the parents. I think I'll say it again. Sometimes these children get sick because of the parents. My child always have a fever, always got this going and that going. How are you and your husband getting along? Are y'all in strife? Are you having arguments about this, that, and the other? Is there peace? Or are you? do you have the door wide open for the enemy to come in and attack your ch defenseless child? I'm talking to somebody out there. Keep the door closed. You don't want flies coming in your house. Keep the doors and the windows closed. And you know, the devil, the Jesus was called, they accused Jesus of being, being doing his works by Beelzebub. Mm -hmm. Beelzebub means Lord of the flies. And actually, some demons look like flies. Actually, look like large flies. I mean, real, real big flies. Talk apostles. Oh. Yeah. And and uh, so don't let the flies in. Don't let them in. Don't let the devil in. Don't let them come in there, disturbing your peace. Don't let them come in there, attacking your child. Yes, sir. How many? How many pray over their children? How many read the scriptures to their children? How many put their children on their knees? My grandmama had us on our knees before we knew we they were called knees. She'd have us reciting what, what they call the Lord's Prayer and all that. We had to do that every night. You can you can't go no bed without praying. That's right. These parents today, their four-year-old have a phone and playing games throughout the night until it's time to go to sleep. And then they fussing about going to sleep. They don't have anything on about God, anything about the Bible, anything about the word of God. Some of these young parents today, they so upset with God because they, they had to go to church when they were young. I ain't gonna do that to my kids. I ain't making my kids go to church. Silly. I ain't doing that. Mm -hmm. But what are you gonna be creating? What are you creating? Help us. Help they us. need that godly influence. Yes, sir. Keep them from going to church now. Do that. Raise them like that. You'll be visiting them in jail later. Woo. Keep them from the word because you uptight, because your mama made you go to church. You should have been in church. But not only should you have been in church, you should have been paying attention. You should have got everything you could get out of it. You should have learned something about God. Let me get off my horse. You just fine. I, I told you at the back when we spoke, Pastor, I was going to be like a little kid today, eating up whatever whatever we discussed. So you're fine. I'm not going to hold you much longer. I want to. <laughs> you're blessing me tonight. You're blessing me tonight. Um, I want to shift just a little not much okay still in faith but i want to tie it with with healing just a little bit will the demonstration of or could the demonstration of god's power increase someone's faith it could it could um 
stimulate their faith, but it's not going to increase it. Okay. Okay. It's not going to increase it. It'll stimulate it. Okay. Because let me show you something. Yes, sir. If I saw an average Joe and I see a mighty miracle happen in before me. Yes, sir. This week. And a month from now, I see somebody else needing something and nothing happens. If that me seeing the miracle increased it, what I saw later would take it away. If you want your faith to be increased, there's two things you need to do. First of all, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I don't pray for people that pray that God will give me more faith. I'm not going to do it. That's a waste of time. You want faith? Get in that word. It'll teach you something. Get in the word. Get in the word. Get in the word. And, and you know, you say that and some people, they open the Bible, they run in, they so when they open the Bible, they turn to something that don't have anything to do with what they need. Yes, sir. You need to learn about prayer. You need to learn about God. You need to learn about his character. You need to know all these things. If you understood the character of God, you wouldn't be accusing him of denying you. If you understood his love for you, you wouldn't be accusing him of refusing to listen to you or answer you. You blame him because you don't know him. You got these religious ideas about him, but you don't know him because you don't spend time getting in that word to learn about him. Learn, learn, learn about God. And the more you learn, and then the other thing is exercising. Faith come by hearing, but it's developed by you exercising. For example, yes, sir. many years ago, actually 70, 1972, I had come, I had come south in 71 to go to school for one year, one school term. Yes, sir. And then in, in May of 72, because I, I did not like being down here. <laughs> so when I had an opportunity to go back home, I wasn't going to hesitate at all. When I got when I got back home, I went and saw some some friends, and uh, we would talk about God and all that. These are people I I used to be with years before, and they were in bad shape, had backslidden. One guy, my friend, my good friend, I mean, he was. He would have wine for breakfast. Mm. He had become a, this is a term you'll hear these days, a wino. You, you heard that term before? Yes, sir. A wino. And I uh, praying with him and talking with them and got him back in the fellowship with God and all that. Then we start, we was, I'd be with them every day, this, this husband and wife. I was with them every day. I just hung out at their house. And when, one day we were studying, the, we were all reading the Bible, and we came across the scripture that I talked about earlier in Matthew. Yes, sir. Uh, Matthew 18 and 19. Again, I say that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. So when we discovered that, 
We just said, hey, listen, why don't we do this? Why don't we try this out? Now, we were young people, you know, teenagers, really. Yes, sir. Why don't we try this out? Let's pray for something. Let's touch and agree for this and see it happen. And we did. And I forgot what it was we prayed about. But, but, but a short while later, we had it. And it worked. Boy, we were excited. We would jump around. After that, see what happened? Our faith increased because we saw it work. When you see it work, it increases. We exercised it. We exercised our faith. And after that, we just kept doing it. Every time we wanted something, we joined together and said, let's believe for this. So if one person wanted something, needed something, we'd all get together. We're going to agree for them to have that. That's right. That's right. I tell, I tell our people all the time, if two of you shall agree on earth, that's touching. Now, here's a mistake that people make. That just calls them out there. Listen, be in agreement with me. I'm believing God for so You believe in, be believing, be in agreement with me. They say, all right, okay, I'm in agreement. That, that doesn't work. That doesn't work like that. The Bible says, if two of you shall agree on earth that's touching anything, they shall ask. They have to ask. They have to pray. It shall be done for them. You don't just say, just be in agreement with That don't work. Let's pray. You want me in agreement with you? All right, good. What what we're praying about? What is it? All right, I'm going to pray. And you see if you can agree with that, what I'm saying. And if you don't agree, it ain't working. Mm. Another thing is don't just get a bunch of people to agree with you. Because if you believe and you get me involved, everybody you have praying, joining with you, you're involving them but you're also involving their faith. Wow. And their doubt will nullify the effects of your faith. Teach us. Yes, sir. Sometimes you believe in for something and the folks say, man, he don't need that. Wow, well, I don't know why he want all that. They ain't even in agreement with you having it. <laughs> Going through, yeah, okay, let's pray about it. You think they're believing? They're not believing. So as soon as they doubt, when I agree with people, Sometime when they ask me to agree with them, I said, now listen, you make sure you hold up your end because I'm going to hold up mine. That's right. I'm not going to doubt it. I believe it's done right now. And if a thought comes to your mind saying it's not done, you reject it immediately. I said, that's a lie. It is done and start praising God for it. Lord, I thank you that we prayed and according to your word, we, we have it. I may not see it with my eyes right now. I don't feel it in my hands. But what that got to do with what the Word of God said? I believe what he said. And if you believe like that, your life is going to change dramatically. If you make that the way you believe and live. We're going to have to, um, every time I'm, I, I never run out of content with you. I got to tell you, I never run out of content with you. Um, the two additional, I, one, I definitely want to spend more time when we get back together, uh, deep diving into faith. Okay. Because uh, there's some more questions I have. Like I said, I'm eating it up like a son at his dad's dinner table. So as many people are watching and receiving, I'm eating this up. 
the next time also apostle i would love to chat with you about deliverance okay deliverance I, I'm really intrigued over the 50 years of ministry, the things that God has allowed you to see and, uh, and participate in in the deliverance vein okay. uh, of your ministry. I certainly want to dig into that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit right now. I can't hardly wait to listen. <laughs> so we may make that one first there to go and make faith uh, our next time, the time after that. But I definitely want to dig into that because uh, out of everything that you gave tonight, all of it was wonderful. But when you start describing um, how uh, certain demons look like flies, right? My antennas went up, so I'm like, Lord, I want to dig in, but not tonight, not tonight. Well, I understand. <laughs> not tonight. It's gonna, it's, it's gonna be interesting. Believe me, it's gonna be interesting. I'm here. It's gonna be on. intriguing. Yes, sir. Because I um, yes, sir. I've had, I've had encounters with that too. And I'll tell you about that, and I'll tell you why. We're going to talk about why some people, in the name of Jesus, come out and nothing happens. We're going to deal with that. We'll deal with all that. That's, Next in, my wheel, that's in my wheelhouse, Apostle. So I'm looking, I'm chomping at the bit now. <laughs> <laughs> you got my Southern accent coming out even more. I'm ready for it now. So <laughs> at any rate, thank you for being on tonight. You thank you to the full Gospel Worship Center family being on tonight, engaged and commenting. Thank you to my friends and church family being on this evening as well. Apostle, as we get ready to close, I'm going to do a couple things. And then if there's anything on your heart that you would like to share in closing, I would be remiss if I did not ask you, because I'm certain there's someone that's believing God, uh, trusting God, and through your teaching tonight of the Word of God, their faith is increased in believing and expecting God for a miracle or healing in some part of their body, in their life. So I'm going to leave that open for you tonight, sir. All if right. You, if you would. Okay, but yes. For that, I'll say once again to everybody that's on, thank you for joining. My name is Pastor Kelvin Steele. I'm the host of this podcast, The Pastor's Perspective. Thank you for joining me tonight. If you enjoyed this particular broadcast, please head over to Apple iTunes or Anchor FM and download and subscribe to this podcast. Your support is greatly appreciated. And as always, I'm always like a big kid when Apostle Holmes comes on. I am. I don't know if you can see my genuineness, but every time you come on, I am so grateful. Your content, your wisdom. And I love when you start pulling out the date, uh, 1972. I know it's about to be something good. When you go to the specific date, <laughs> I know it's about to be something good. So your ministry, your time, uh, your wisdom, it, it's encouraging and it's a blessing. So thank you for being on again. Okay, amen. And with all that being said, Apostle, I'm going to give you the final word and allow you to pray and ask you to pray us out tonight, please, sir. Whatever the Lord okay. has. I'm open. Are we doing that now? Yes. All right. Then let's let's pray. I want to pray particularly since you um some about people needing healing. Let me pray for people that are in need of healing. Yes, sir. Especially if you're in pain right now. First of all, let me tell you that God wants you well. God wants you well don't let the devil talk you out of it he wants you well and we're going to pray 
And here's what I want you to do. Because the anointing, the healing anointing, is going to be released. Thank you, Jesus. And healing is going to come into your body right where you are. Right where you are. It's going to come into your body. Because God is able, he's willing, and he's ever ready. The Lord anointed me with a tangible anointing of healing power and gave me a special ministry to the sick. He sent me on assignment to teach the body of Christ that he wants them healed. So I'm going to pray. And I'm going to exercise authority over the devil. And you're going to be healed. So just stretch your hand toward me in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, Father, I thank you for your healing power. I thank you for the anointing that you anointed me with. I release that anointing right now in the name of Jesus to every person who's sitting and watching and listening, bring healing to their bodies. I speak to pain by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church. I have been raised up and made to sit together with Christ in heavenly places, far above the devil and his entire kingdom. And by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church, I speak to pain. Pain, you leave that body right now in the name of Jesus. Go and don't return. Father, I thank you. By the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, I release healing, the healing power of God into their bodies right now in Jesus, Jesus, holy, Holy name. I see a little child. I see a little, little boy. He's been really suffering. Mother, don't worry about him anymore. I know I said something to touch you tonight. I see the little boy. He looks like he's about three, three or four years old. The Lord is touching him right now. And put your hands on him. I curse this thing that's been troubling this boy, this child. Be healed in the name of Jesus. I believe it's done. Just start praising God now. Lift your hands and thank him for your healing right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Feel it in my hands, Apostle. We give God glory for this great man of God. We thank God for Jesus and his spirit moving on tonight and moving through this great man of God. Listen, uh, please receive what has just been released because I just believe God, amen, and praise God. So until we get together again, I'll have this uploaded on the audio broadcast for review within the next 48 hours, so you can go back and hear this wonderful teaching on tonight. And until we get together again, until we speak, this is Pastor Kelvin signing off. Peace and bye.